Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we chat with Toronto-based actor, director, singer, and songwriter Will Bose, who has released his debut album called Character. We also welcome Canadian pop artist Gabriella Geneva talking about her single called Sweeter and what it was like to head over to South Korea for a songwriting experience. New music for you to check out, too, from Nora Jones, Niall Horan, and Ava Max. Will Bowes not only has his feet in the world of music, but also in acting, appearing on shows like Degrassi, Saving Hope, Rookie Blue, and Murdoch Mysteries, not to mention the Netflix drama Spinning Out. Will, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Super happy to have you back on. Now, I wanted to ask you, what has the journey been like writing and recording your debut album character? Because you only get to go through this process once with your debut. You do. And it's something that I don't even know, like, I don't think you could write a book that could prepare you for, or anyone for what the experience is like. Um, It's been quite the whirlwind. I mean, obviously there's like, you know, the creative process, which is spanning a a couple of years of of writing these different songs based on different experiences. Um, A lot of this album was written about the ending of a long-term relationship, which is, I think, something that any musician can relate to in terms of getting great songwriting material out of. Um, and then the recording process, the, the album was recorded and produced by Rob Wells, who's a really wonderful, amazing uh, Canadian producer. And, and that was a really cool experience because we did the whole thing in his, he kind of has this home studio in his basement and his wife was nine months pregnant at the time. And so I actually ended up writing a couple of songs with her. Um, I would drive her to the OBGYN in the morning and then in the afternoon we'd, we'd write songs together. So it was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy that I, that I did it. Um, it's, you know, it is a bit of a, it's definitely a struggle in the music industry. So I don't want to paint it all. Like it's, you know, it's been like the absolute most smooth sailing process because it's hard and anybody who's ever made an album or is an artist on any level can relate to that. But um, you, you do it because you, you love it and you have to. What has been the most rewarding and most challenging sort of aspects of this journey? I think the most rewarding is, is, is honestly just when you get feedback from people that you've never met that just say that they listened to a, a, a recent song or caught a performance on, I don't know, a morning show or something. And, and it really spoke to them and they've like really gotten into the album just because they've discovered it completely organically. Um, that's just so cool and so rewarding because, you know, that's what you kind of strive for as an artist. And I think the challenging part is, to be honest, just all of the money that you have to spend to get anywhere in the music business. Um, I know that's like not the most attractive thing to say, but it really, it, I, the money that this has cost me, the recording costs and the, the marketing costs and everything, um, you know, it has been quite enormous. So I would I've have to say that's the biggest challenge. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people still realize that, the marketing of it is so important because I know we hear these stories of like the Justin Bieber's of the world and you know, the Sean Mendez's who were discovered online. And then it seems like poof, like there they go. But there's a lot of people that yeah. don't have that um, journey. Yeah. And I think when you're working as like an, an independent unsigned artist, like I am and like, you know, hundreds of people probably in the neighborhood that I'm currently doing this phone call <laughs> in are, um, you know, you, 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 all of the costs, uh, come from from you and so if, if you don't if you don't have you know if you're not working with these multi-million dollar uh, label budgets then obviously that can be pretty taxing on on the self mm-hmm. do you find though yeah. that it's probably better that you're kind of fronting it instead of having to have a label that is going to recoup all of it anyways 
Yeah, you know what? That's a really good point. It's it's cool to be able to say that I did do this independently and that I like I own the masters and I own this material. And you know, you've probably read a lot about you know the the Taylor Swift battle that she's been having with her label and wanting to you know have more ownership and more control over the songs that she rightfully owns because she rightfully wrote. Um, so so it is cool to be able to have have that and not not sort of be at the mercy of sort of the man uh, overseeing the project. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, like I said, like I, I'm, I'm so proud of it. I'm so glad that I did it. I'll always have this recording. You know, I'll, I'll probably, you know, play this recording for my kids one day or something. So um, it, it's definitely not, not a negative, um, but it's, I think it's noteworthy to point, to point out that, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely hard to, to do this kind of work when, when you don't have any support financially or otherwise. Can you talk to us about why you called it character? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the debut album. So I think it's kind of an assertion of my own character. It's sort of like a proclamation of my own kind of artistic identity, if you will. Um, and I think that also sometimes when you, you know, when you go through uh, a relationship with somebody and then uh, things unfold in certain ways, you can sometimes feel that your, your character has been attacked to a certain degree after the fact. And so I think it's, yeah, sort of a further assertion of, my own character and my own integrity. And uh, it's also kind of a slight nod to like my background as an actor and performer as well. I thought that. So I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I was <laughs> yeah. right. Uh, I wanted to ask you too, is it a collection of songs or is it a story? Like, is this album a story? It's a really good question. I would say that there's kind of inside the album, there's a, there's a trilogy of songs that are a story that sort of um, tell a beginning, middle and an end. And then the rest of them, I would say, are kind of like single-based ideas. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. And how yeah. long did you spend on, because I've had this discussion with some pretty serious producers in the past, like Jimmy Jam, who I'm sure you know has worked with, you know, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And, and he's talked about how specifically they sequence, like Janet Jackson's albums, or they had in the past, just picking the order and how it's going to go. Like, how long or how much did you slave over that aspect of it? Um, the actual recording process? Or well, just the way it's going to be, like, quote-unquote, on the CD or when people listen to it in order. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's such an interesting thing. And I think, yeah, probably every artist will say that they go back and forth with that a bunch of times. You listen to it a certain way and you're like, this is going to be, this is it. This is the perfect order. And then, you know, you play it for somebody else and they tell you that they don't think it's a great order or you listen to it in a different order and it sort of puts it in a different light. Um, I think I was fortunate enough to, yeah, to have certain songs that, that really do feel like they need to fit together in a certain way. Um, but, but I mean, you know, this is a pop adult contemporary album, so it's really about um, entertaining people first and foremost. And so definitely wanted to keep that in mind. Um, and, and Rob was great. You know, Rob Wells, who produced the record, um, he has so much experience with, you know, navigating those waters with artists. So it was, it was great to get his feedback and he would, he would say things like, no, you've got to put like the first single third. And, you know, this has to be the, this should be the first one because it's got this sort of like great opening and stuff like that. So, so it's a, it's a tricky puzzle to figure out, but I think, and I hope that I got it right. Hanging out with us on the show is recording artist Will Bowes. You can grab all of his social media handles off his website, willbowes.com. How do you describe the sound of the album? And were you listening to like a bunch of music before you started recording that kind of influenced how things went? Yeah, I think I would say, I mean, the sound is definitely as a genre. It's like a pop adult contemporary album. It's mostly really upbeat, really fun tracks with lots of production going on. Um, kind of picks you up and doesn't put you down to the very end. There are a couple of kind of power ballads on the album, but it, it really is like a very exciting, electric, um, upbeat, positive, fun album. I think the thing I really wanted to stay away from were just 
just honestly production elements that will feel really dated even in six months time from now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I didn't really want to do anything that had kind of, you know, like a, a build up and a drop to any degree or um, sections like long sections without vocals, like just with production. Um, I really wanted to make, make these kind of feel like sort of like timeless pop songs that have, you know, a, a really sort of uh, standard kind of, you know, verse chorus, verse chorus, bridge, double chorus structure to them. Uh, so, so definitely wanted to keep, keep with that. Um, but I, I mean, I think, I don't know. I think, uh, there are certain I, I've been influenced so much from so many different artists in my life. Like my parents would play such different eclectic groups of music in the car. Like my dad would put on the Beatles and my mom would listen to Sarah McLaughlin and I was obsessed with Neil Young for a while. And then I got really into pop music when I was younger. Like I, like I got into Britney and Christina and the Spice Girls and I was fascinated by pop hooks and then got into classic rock. So I'd like to think that there are kind of all those influences there. Um, I, I saw uh, um, Steven Tyler do a this this talk last year, and um, he was talking about his how his sort of level of songwriting he felt has changed throughout every single aspect of his life based on his own experiences, and and it was it was fascinating. He's he's definitely an idol too, so I think maybe there's some influence from him as well. Has it been challenging to maintain both your acting career as well as being a recording artist at the same time? Because it just seems like you have a lot going on. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's cool and it's exciting and it's um, you know I think it's it's challenging to maintain everything when you're trying to do a bunch of things in the arts. I I feel like it looks really cool from the outside and this Netflix show has been such an amazing opportunity. Um, but you know you're just relentlessly auditioning all the time and so to land something like this is is just uh, sort of like hitting the jackpot in the acting world. Um, and and spinning out was definitely that job. I think. I think it's always a little bit of a sort of a balancing act and difficult to struggle and difficult to kind of stay afloat. But I don't know. I'm just I'm just hoping to be able to get to a point where I can kind of like keep all these balls in the air without completely stressing out and you, still being able to support myself. Yeah, of course. I mean? Oh my God, of course. Can you give us yeah. a little idea about Spinning it Out? Because I know that it's on Netflix. I know it's a drama. Uh, January Jones is in it, but let us know sort of what's happening in your role in it. Yeah, so I kind of been, I've been describing the show. It's like Riverdale meets I, Tonya. So it's kind of like it's soapy and dramatic and fun. There's love triangles, relationships, but it's all set within the competitive world of figure skating and skiing. So all of these people are simultaneously trying to be, they're all in the hopefuls. And uh, January Jones plays the bipolar mother to Kaya Scodelario, who she's passed on uh, bipolar disorder too. And so it's also about their struggle um, dealing with mental health and this kind of fractured mother-daughter relationship. Um, and I play, I play the leader of a ski team. I play a character called Brent Fisher. And I recruit one of the other lead characters named Marcus, who's played by Mitchell Edwards, to join the ski team and has very interesting consequences. That's really cool. And and so first season is done. Is do you, is there going to be more? I'm still waiting to hear about the second season. I this is another uh, another really terrible part of the business, but I it won't be moving forward with Netflix. I hear that they're shopping it to other networks, so we're going to have to stay tuned for that one. But okay. season one is currently on Netflix. Okay. And what did you learn the most about being a part of that cast and that experience? It's a really good question. I think, you know what, I think I, my character is, I, I, it's definitely like a supporting role and there's a lot of, um, I'm, I'm really kind of aiding and propping up 
a lot of what is happening between the other lead characters. And I think that probably, you know, if the show were to continue, that my role would be expanded and kind of understood to a different degree. But I think it's really important as an actor to know when you enter a scene, and this is particularly true for comedy, um, you know, you really have to recognize what your role in that scene is, like, and, and make sure that you know that is this really a, is this about you? Is this moment about you? Or is this actually about somebody else or figuring out a, a, a plot point that is going to lead us somewhere else? And so kind of like recognizing with how far you can go in terms of, you know, if it's a comedy, whether you're going to um, really sell a certain line or land on a certain line really strongly, or if you're going to allow it to be about the other actors. And I think, yeah, I think that was a lot. That was what I, I think I took away from this is that this role particularly was really about supporting the other actors. Now, I think that uh, pilot season is soon. Are you involved in that down there in Los Angeles? Uh, not in L.A. I'm up, up from here, I think a lot of times, um, you know, uh, it's great because in Toronto, where, where I am right now, there's a lot of productions that go on here and a lot of American productions will come up, up here to shoot their pilots. So I'll definitely be taping for a bunch of them. I'm definitely on the audition grind right now, trying to, you know, find the next job. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope for the best. Something like spinning out was just like it was a dream come true. It's kind of like this time last year, I think that I that I did the auditions for that. And with regards to you know trying to get all these auditions done, how does that work for you promoting the album? Because it's recently just come out, so I, I'm I'm sure you want to get that happening too. Yeah, I mean, I've been so fortunate working with this amazing publicist named Samantha Pickardette Strutt, and she. Uh, we did uh, the, the rounds on some of the Canadian morning shows in January. I was just out in Ottawa promoting it. I have a show coming up in Nathan Phillips Square in Toronto on Saturday, March 7th at 2 p.m., which is free in all ages, which is great, because um, that's not often the case in music either. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's really just kind of like a, a game of shuffleboard trying to, you know, get all these different things in. But obviously grateful for the opportunity and grateful to be here with you. Awesome. Well, I wanted to ask you, too, where do you see yourself in a year from now? Like, does Will Bowes have specific plans now that the album is out, now that you've, I mean, you've already had, you know, an, an amazing amount of uh, TV work under your belt, but it just seems like it's it's heading in the right direction. So where do you want to be in, like, 12 months? Yeah, I'm glad that it sounds like it's heading in the right direction. Um, that's great. I, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really, actually, I think one of my main passions is actually on the filmmaking side. Um, so I was just down at the Sundance Film Festival. I had this project, that, this uh, digital series that I co-directed with these two amazing uh, Canadian filmmakers, Sarah Pauly and Adriana Maggs, um, a series called Hey Lady starring Jane Eastwood. And it comes out on the CBC Gem on Valentine's Day. And I I'm, would love to be able to continue with that series. I had a really amazing time directing that, uh, co-directing it. And um, I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get a, a feature film off the ground called The Fallers for about, seven years now um but it, it takes a really long time to to make movies happen but i think a feature film directing a feature film would be like a milestone goal that i have yet to achieve so let's maybe talk this time next year and i'll tell you i'll, be happy. I'll be happy to do that and when you said sarah Polly, is that sarah Polly from road to avonlea sarah Polly? That's correct. Yeah, she was an actress for most of her youth, and uh, she's she's definitely. I, I would say she probably identifies more as a, as a writer director now than than an actress. That's awesome. Well, I'm super happy you've been mm -hmm. working with her. She's awesome. So the congratulations she's on that. So See, cool. Will, you're heading in Thank the right you. direction. You're. <laughs> You're heading in the right direction. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for this, and you're always welcome back on the show. And congratulations on the new album. Thank you. And if if you're at uh, Oshega again this year, I'll I'll come by for a visit. I will be there, and you and I will hang out.
Amazing. Amazing. That's, Great to chat with you. Thank you so much. That is uh, recording artist Will Bose. Again, you can grab all of his social media handles, learn all about him off of his website, willbose.com. Time now for some new music. Songwriter Nora Jones has released a new single called I'm Alive from her upcoming new album, which is going to be called Pick Me Up Off the Floor. The single is a collaboration with Jeff Tweedy of the band Wilco, who helped co-write and produce the track. As you can tell, it's got a laid-back feel and definitely sounds like a Nora Jones song. She has such a distinct sound. Now, the new album is going to be released on the 8th of May, and she is supposed to be heading out on tour with Mavis Staples, but of course, with the COVID-19 situation going on, that, of course, could change. I don't know what's best for me, but maybe it's time I need a new One Direction's Niall Horan has dropped a few singles over the last little while and now his full album has been released. It's called Heartbreak Weather and the song you're hearing is called New Angel. As you can tell, it's got a driving beat, almost feels like it could have been released back in the 80s. Now, so far the album is getting mixed reviews because some of the tracks are awesome and some of them don't quite get there, but overall, a solid effort from Niall and he's also supposed to be heading out on tour in mid-April, but again, with COVID-19, we'll have to see what ends up happening. Pop princess Ava Max, who's had quite the year with the success of her song Sweet But Psycho, is back with the lead single from her upcoming new album. The song you're listening to is called Kings and Queens, and as you can tell, has a great beat, powerful synths, and an awesome bass line. And when you listen back to some of the melody, it kind of sounds to me like Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Name. Not sure if that was a conscious decision or not, but that's what I'm hearing. A great song, though, of course, overall from Ava, and her debut album is supposed to drop later on this year. We're just waiting on an exact release date. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. Joining us on the show is Canadian pop artist Gabriella Geneva, whose latest single is called Sweeter. Gabriella, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me again. So happy to have you back. Now, I was checking my notes, and we last had you on the show just over a year ago. So I want to ask you, what has happened in the last 12 months or so that has helped you grow both as a person and as an artist? Oh, my gosh. It's been such a crazy year um, of of a lot of growth. Um, and it's, it's the kind of growth that I, that I do actually notice, which is always really nice. Yep. <laughs> um, makes you feel like you've done something. Um, I, I've done a lot of writing this year. Um, I feel like I've always written and co-written my songs, but I, I, I feel as though my songwriting has been something that I really wanted to uh, just improve on and grow in that respect. And this year has really helped me do that. Um, I did actually get a, a publishing deal this year, which was really exciting. And um, I've had the opportunity to write with a bunch of people in LA and in, you know, obviously here in, in Toronto. And then just last month, I believe it was in October, I got the chance to go to Seoul in South Korea to, at a, to be at a writing camp, um, which was insane. It was like 10 days of intense writing and, 12-hour days, and honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. If I could do that every single day, I would. Um, it's a different type of tired, yep. <laughs> for sure. 
Um, but but it, it's really, you know, even listening to songs that I had written a year ago, two years ago, and then songs that I'm writing now, you know, yesterday, last week, I'm just really happy to see, you know, growth and, and improvement. And, and I feel as though there's a bit more maturity in the sound, which which is really exciting. And so it's I've kind of been prepping for um, for some upcoming stuff. So it's been awesome. Cool. Now, I have to ask you about the South Korea trip because that must have been insane because I'm assuming, you know, over there, obviously, we know there's a huge, uh, their huge thing is K-pop, which obviously yeah. has, has come over to Canada with people like BTS and obviously in the States as well. So just yeah. talk to us a little bit about like how that opportunity came up and what was it like to be over there? And I'm assuming it was in that kind of pop genre of music. Yes, definitely. So I have a really great publisher that, that I'm lucky to be working with and, and they kind of set up the opportunity. Um, and it, it was really nice because it was kind of my, my writing family from, there was a bunch of us from Toronto that went over, um, producers that I'm working with, um, Sammy from Korea Productions, and then some really amazing writers from Toronto. Um, one of them is called, uh, his producer name is T. He's amazing. Um, he has stuff on Spotify too. If anyone wants to check these people out, they're amazing. Um, and then the other guy was called Andrew, Andrew Peterson. So it was our little writing family and then a few people from LA and then a few people from, uh, Sweden and, uh, a girl from the UK. And we all went over to write for this, uh, K-pop label entertainment group. And something that I didn't realize until I kind of did some research on them is, um, a few of, well, a while ago, I found out about this artist called Boa. Um, I think she she had uh, an English single at the time, and it was called Eat You Up. And I absolutely fell in love with her. This was probably like 2000, I'm going to say 2007, but I'm probably lying. <laughs> and I fell in love with her. And then when we went over and I realized that this uh, label was, she was a part of it. So she was one of the artists and she was actually one of the people who helped build it up. And, and I was so excited. I'm like, I cannot believe this has honestly been a year of like world colliding because I am from, like, I grew up in Bulgaria. Okay. And then in the UK, it's just, these are things that I, I watch on YouTube, like on a screen. Okay. There's like a degree of separation, but then to be in the midst of it at this point is, it, it, the biggest pinch me moment in the world. It, it was it was absolutely insane. That's fantastic. Now you have to tell us too about this uh, U.S. publishing deal. Um, like, how did that come about? That must have been just super amazing. It was insane because, again, like I said, my songwriting, I've always, uh, I've, it's, I've, I've always felt like it's been an area of of growth opportunity <laughs> for me. Um, so spending the year writing and then being able to, to get that. It was, it's, um, I was working with my, the producers, uh, Sammy and Bobby, like I mentioned from Kuya, you know, and then they, they did Alessia Cara and all that. <clears throat> and they're amazing. And so they were able to kind of connect me with, with this opportunity. Like it, it's, it's, uh, they're a part of this publishing deal as well as, um, uh, his, his name's Tommy from, <laughs> you know, okay. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a, sort of a partner in the U.S. and they have a publishing company there and they offered me the deal and I was like, listen, I'm there. Nice. <laughs> Let's do it. 
Yeah. And so what does that involve for you, like, with regards to the publishing deal? Like, do you have certain expectations that you have to write X amount of songs? Like, how does it all kind of work? Uh, I mean, uh, this is the first one that, that I've been offered. So uh, I, you know, I'm not 100% sure what other people's publishing deals look like. But uh, it, it's it's fairly it's fairly relaxed. Like, they're very much about family and um, they don't really bring any, anyone in on the team that isn't, um, that they don't feel sort of comfortable with. So it's fairly relaxed. And essentially we just, we just work together to, to produce as, as many songs as possible, essentially. And, and, you know, they have the connections to, to kind of bring me into these rooms that are going to help me grow. And, you know, I've been really grateful for them. So it's very much like a collaborative process. Now, you mentioned Los Angeles before. So have you gone down there for a couple of weeks? Or has it been like several months that you go down to do these writing situations? Or how does that work? Every trip has been fairly quick. Yeah. Um, we try to set it sort of compact as many sessions as possible every time we go. Um, I think the longest was probably about yeah a week or, or so. Yeah. And it's just kind of like the Korea trip. You just try and Every day there's something, maybe one or two sessions every day, which which is also awesome. And what's your thoughts on Los Angeles? Like, I know that there's a fair amount of Canadian artists that have gone down there, um, whether they stay there for a while or they just kind of make it like trips or, ha- you know, half the year or three months or what have you. But what's your take on being in Los Angeles? Because I know that different artists have different thoughts about it. Like, sometimes they say it's, it's a bit stifling because there's so many artists down there trying to do the same thing that you kind of <clears throat> realize that you're like a very small fish in a very big pond of talent. <laughs> and then other people sort of really take to mm. it and they're like, it, it pushes them to be better. So where do you land? I think I'm, I'm the latter for sure. Um, I, I think definitely LA is an option for me too down the line, but I think that it's just the energy there is different. You go there and it's because it's so, and this is all of course, like my perspective it it's so it's so much about you know working and getting things done and and being productive and music 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 and like business 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 i think there's just an energy about it that it for me personally it does motivate me and it kind of you know energizes me and and luckily again you know through the people that i've worked with and the people that i've been connected with everyone has been amazing you know, there's not been so far, thankfully, uh, a single person that's, you know, had an attitude problem or <laughs> yeah, anything like that. Everyone's been great. And, you know, the Canadians that that I've worked with there, actually, one of them uh, produced and co-wrote Sweeter, my, my new song. So that was always really nice. There's a, and, and, and it's nice because it kind of there's like a common ground that that sets you up with. And then, you know, oh, fellow Canadian, oh, where are you from? La, la, la. And then it just breaks the ice as well, you know, in new sessions. And I, I think it's great. I personally, I think it's energizing and it, and it kind of pushes you to, you know, you know everyone else is hustling, so pushes you to do it. Joining us on the show, Canadian pop artist Gabriella Geneva. You can hit up her website for more information and, of course, to grab all of her social media handles, GabriellaGeneva.com. Talk to us about the song, Sweeter. So you mentioned that uh, you kind of got into it down in Los Angeles. So did you write the song in advance or was it down there and then you produced it down there as well? The song, yeah, it was actually written down there. Um, It was originally meant to be a session for just writing. It wasn't really meant to be for anyone, not for me, not for anyone else. Just writing, um, seeing what what comes out. 
I wrote it with Matt and um, Zach Sorgan, Matt Genovese and Zach Sorgan. And Matt is from Toronto, actually. And Zach is from LA. And Zach actually, super exciting for him. Um, he was recently on the show Songland, um, and he won the episode with Charlie Puth, which, I mean, he's a fantastic writer, so it kind of makes sense that it happened that way for him. But we, we wrote it together, and it just kind of started off with, you know, I, ha- um, I had this lyric, actually the first line in the song, um, things change with the seasons here now, but I'm leaving. Because I've moved around a lot, so I kind of yep. wanted to touch on, you know, leaving some things behind. And and then it just turned into, like, there's, there's a bit of a spin on it, because instead of being sad about all the things that you've left behind, it's kind of, you know, certain relationships, they kind of ended at their peak. Um, I don't want to say prematurely because I think everything happens the way it's meant to happen, but they kind of, they kind of ended at their peak. So they didn't have a chance to kind of go sour, um, which is, which is kind of the sentiment that we wanted to, to capture, you know, it's like leaving the party when it's at its best. Um, so it's kind of sweeter when it doesn't last, you know? So I, I thought that was really interesting and, 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 I think we got the vibes right. So Now, I understand you're working on your debut EP, so can you give us some hints about that and when it's going to drop? Yes. I'm so excited. It's, it's, it's my first body of, of work that is my own, um, which it's like I don't have children, but I assume <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's similar without the pain. No, yep. still pain, but different. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be coming in the spring. Um, I was lucky enough to, to get, a the factor grant for a juried sound recording, which again, another thing in the year of pinch me. So we've been working on that really hard and there'll be a couple of singles coming out in the spring before to kind of preface it. And then the EP will drop. Perfect. And what do you want people to know about Gabrielle Geneva who might not know who you are yet, but it's coming? Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm a Taurus. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I think the music is, is, it's feeling more, it's still pop, but it's a bit grittier. There's a little bit of a, an R&B urban side. I just think it sounds, it's sounding a bit more mature, which, which I'm really loving and, yeah, I, I hope. Yeah, I hope people are going to enjoy it. I wanted to ask you just before I let you go. You mentioned earlier uh, that uh, you know one of the guys you're working with has worked with Alessia Cara. Is some is she someone that you've either you know ha- have met or would like to meet? And and who do you look up to Canadian artist wise these days? Oh, I'd love to meet her, and I'd love to write with her for sure. Um, she's definitely one. I think she has an amazing voice. Also. Um, Jesse Reyes and uh, I love him. Sonreal, love oh, yes. him. Mm-hmm. He's actually from Vernon, um, from BC, which is I love the Okanagan. I'm from I, I've lived in Vancouver and like BC for ages as well. Um, I met him a couple times. I actually met him in LA. So you know what? It, it's coming up one day soon. I'm going to be like, so listen. Perfect. When is this session happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Gabby, thanks so much for, for joining us again. It's been so great to have you back on the show. And of course, you know, wishing you all the success uh, as is humanly possible. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's 
I really appreciate it. It's amazing. That's Canadian uh, pop artist Gabriella Geneva. Of course, uh, check out her website, GabriellaGeneva.com, to get all of her social media handles and, of course, her upcoming new EP, which will drop soon. Here's a look at what's been going on in music and entertainment. It's been almost 16 years since Friends went off the air, but during the show's run, it had a ton of guest roles, and some of those relatively unknown actors became pretty big stars after appearing on the sitcom. Like Craig Robinson, who went on to play Daryl Philbin in The Office, Mark Consuelos, who is now a villain on Riverdale, and who is also married to Kelly Ripa in real life, and of course, Ellen Pompeo, who went on to star in Grey's Anatomy for the last 16 seasons, and And of course, Grey's Anatomy has been renewed. The new Scream film is full steam ahead. The franchise has found two directors to take over from the legendary Wes Craven, who passed away in 2015. At the moment, we're not sure if the Scream film will be a reboot or a continuation of the story, but this will be the fifth movie of the franchise. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette have all been a part of the Scream team, but Nev Campbell said after Wes Craven passed away that she's not sure she can continue being a part of it because he's no longer there. One of our favorite Canadian artists has come clean about her legendary song. Alanis Morissette says that You Oughta Know is about revenge fantasy, where you picture what you'd like to have happen, but you would never do it in actual life. Now, most people think the song is about Full House's Dave Coulier, who Alanis was dating at the time, but she has never confirmed it. Thank you so much for spending time with us on the program this week and a huge shout out to our guests, Will Bowes and Gabriella Geneva. My thanks to Adam Brisson for being an amazing producer. Don't forget, you can also find us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have a great week. You and I'll chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.